powerful and beautiful name Jesus is. Um, well, my name <laughs> is uh, Mike, uh, one of the pastors here, and so glad that you chose to worship with us on this Easter Sunday as we proclaim that wonderful name of Jesus. The name that we sing and celebrate today is the name that is above every name. It's the name of Jesus. There is no other name in all of history that has brought more joy and more fear, more excitement and more wrestling than the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. <laughs> but Jesus is not some figment of the mind, uh, somebody people made up, but an actual person of history. Not only the Bible reveals, but also noted, authenticated sources tell of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, Josephus, an ancient Jewish historian, speaks of Jesus as a wise and virtuous teacher and having a brother named James and many followers. Celsus, a second century Greek philosopher in trying to explain away the miracles of Jesus, himself claimed that there were miracles that he had to explain away. Cornelius Tacticus, an ancient Roman histori historian, actually one of the most noted ancient Roman historians, as did Jesus, wrote about Jesus being crucified, executed by Roman order given through Pontius Pilate. A Samaritan historian named Thallius, who was alive at the time of Jesus and actually a witness at the death of Jesus, said at the death of Jesus, the ground shook and darkness filled the land. Josephus also reported people uh, claimed that Jesus had rose from the dead three days after his crucifixion. Finally, the younger uh, lived from A.D. 61 to about A.D. 113. He was an influential lawyer and magistrate of ancient Rome. He wrote about Jesus' disciples and what they taught. They taught and claimed that Jesus was God, the Savior of humanity, and that life lived Jesus' way was better. You see, both the Bible and non-biblical sources reveal that Jesus walked this earth and rose from the dead and is alive today, for he is risen. He is God's son. He is the all-sufficient savior, the bread of life, the king of everything. And when we choose to trust in him, to put our faith in him, it makes a difference. Check out these stories. I was, I was a bus kid and at nine years old, so uh, my life before Jesus, uh, I don't remember much. Before my relationship with Jesus, my primary goal in life was to please other people and get them to like me. Whether it was the popular crowd at school or that cute boy who would never look at me when I wanted him to, all I wanted was for people to validate me and to tell me that they liked me, to tell me that I was worth something. On a scale from one to ten, it was definitely zero. And uh, I was a young man in the Air Force in 1955, and I was looking for purpose in life and not finding it. I was raised in a non-practicing Catholic family, if you want to call it that. So we went to church on every major holiday. Christmas.
goes Eastern. Now that I have a relationship with Jesus, I live for an audience of one. There is no shame in being my weird self, and I know that no, no matter what I do, God always loves me more than anything else in the entire world, and there's nothing that I can do to change that. I know you want a specific answer, but I can say specifically everything is different. There's a scripture that says uh, if, uh, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And I can say that from the depth of my heart. It, it did. It was a new it was a new game. Jesus is truly your best friend and to experience him and learn about him and fall in love with him. Um, it just gives you hope for times where it just seems so dire. And um, I can't imagine my life without Jesus and how much he's just supported me and my family through the miracles that we've experienced in our lives. And we don't want you to miss out on it. Yeah, definitely. I grew up in the same school system from when I was in kindergarten all the way through high school. And having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ was something that made such a big difference in the things that I went through versus the things my friends went through. I had a friend all the time with me. It was Jesus Christ. My life is different than someone who, would, who doesn't know Jesus um, because I feel like I know that I have his constant presence with me and that reassures me in times that I would normally be scared or really nervous or even before a test when I get really anxious I know that I really can pray unceasingly and give thanks in all these circumstances um, that normally would just terrify me. I think, it, I think uh, training our uh, children in the way of the Lord uh, is one of those things that I, I've, I've held on to because um, I didn't have that, um, to be honest. You know, I didn't really have a relationship with Christ growing up. So I thought having kids now, this would be my opportunity to give them something that I didn't have. Well, as you get older, the flesh gets weaker and you depend more on God than when you're young. And uh, I just try to walk with him as simply as I can, according to scripture. Um, my, my husband and I really enjoy serving as a couple in the children's ministry. Yeah. And uh, we just love getting to know families and getting the support back from those families and seeing our children grow and seeing the kids that we've taught grow. The clearest way that I can think of that God's taught me to love like him is through taking risks and doing things I wouldn't normally do. He's really pushed me out of my comfort zone to do things like working in my Christian club at school and even to start leading worship here, which a couple of years ago just made me start shaking because I was so nervous. But now it's one of my favorite things to do and God's really given me his love for others. It makes a difference. It all comes down to what we choose to put our faith, our trust in. But the reality is, is that we demonstrate that faith in all others, other areas of our life all the time. Uh, like in the products that we purchase. Uh, every year, a magazine, a number of magazines, uh, one Fortune magazine, another Reader's Digest, uh, put out the most trusted brands of the year uh, of those products that we tend to, as the public, tend to put our trust in, put our faith in. So I thought I'd ask this morning, uh, what do you think some of those products are? And I've got 
John to kind of, he's got another bag. Uh, those bags have lots of stuff in them. So if you're a guest, make sure you pick one of those up. But, but I thought I'd ask you, what do you think is the most trusted uh, shower soap, hand soap that's out there? What do you think? Yell it out. Dial, well, actually, it's Dove Soap. It is Dove Soap. It is Dove Soap. So, John's got a little Dove Soap for you. Anybody ya. need some Dove Soap? Yeah. Richard, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that you need it, Richard, but it just, uh, we wanted to give that. Okay, here it is. How about toothpaste? What do you think the most trusted brand of toothpaste is? Oh, man, I'm hearing all kinds of toothpaste. It is actually Crest. Crest, Crest is that one. Now, that's for the United States. The most trusted brand in the world is what? Colgate. Yes. Yeah. Who said Colgate? Yeah, that's right. It's Colgate. Colgate. Who said Colgate? Have you ever tried Colgate? Colgate? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I like the crest, you know, with the, with the mouthwash in it and, you know, teeth whitening. <laughs> um, okay, this one's probably a gimme. What is the most trusted brand of soft drink? You got it. Oh, yeah. Coca-Cola oh, yeah. is the most trusted brand, and it's really worldwide. <laughs> I'd like to teach the world. No, that, that, sorry, that dates me. That dates me. <laughs> okay, here's one. This one you'll probably get, too. What is the most trusted brand of soup? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. You guys are really good. First service, they had not a clue. No, they guessed it, too. I'm just kidding. Okay, now it's Easter time. And uh, there's a lot of this that's going to be given and consumed at Easter time. It is chocolate. So what is the uh, most trusted brand of chocolate out there? Hershey's. Wow. You guys are good. So we have some chocolate for you, John. You've got, you can pass that this out, John. Oh, enough. that's not enough. No. Well, not enough um, I just happen to have some right here. There you go. Happy Easter. Watch <laughs> out. It, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. You guys want some over here? Okay, there you guys how go. about over here? <laughs> Look out. I don't know what Anybody in the back row? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. You guys want some candy? <laughs> okay. As a matter of fact, start passing this around, would you? There's enough yeah. there. That oh, what's up, Brett? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I've got, I'll, I'll get morning. some for this row, too, here. You guys start passing this around. We want to make sure you're sugared up. Not like you're going to have enough sugar today, really. <laughs> Oh, man, those little Cadbury eggs, not the big ones, the little tiny ones that are candy-coated. <laughs> I cannot get enough of those. And they only come out at Easter. What's wrong with them? But why is it that these are the tr most trusted brands? Well, those who research such things say it's because people have overcome their fear of changing brands and have chosen to try these new brands and they delivered. They discovered they truly are helpful and enjoyable. And so they, and maybe you're in that same stream, have taken uh, the leap of faith and brought these products into your home as well. But when it comes to faith in Jesus, it, it's much the same, but on a way deeper and more meaningful level. See, Jesus made some amazing claims, incredible claims, life-altering claims that faith in him makes a true difference in life. Matter of fact, in John 10.10, 10, it's in the book of the Bible, the book of John, says in, in, in chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says that he came to open up a path of an abundant life. 
not just a self-realized life, not just a life of you try to do things and, 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 and it'll be good, but he came to open up a life that's, that's so amazing, so incredible, you can't even believe it. It is abundant to the fullest, amazing, incredible, and actually the life you were designed to live, that God actually had in mind for you to live. But Jesus also made another uh, amazing claim. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, he said, I am the way, I am the, lo- the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the one way to know God. He has connected holy God and sinful man. Now, that's impossible for holy God to be in the presence of sinful man. And the truth is, all of us are in that camp of, of sinfulness, and we can't relate to God. We need someone to pull us together. And that's what Jesus did. He brought us together. He connected us. For as John three seventeen says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Saved because Jesus also taught that humanity has that inborn sinful tendency that constantly pulls us down. And we, we see it through every day of our lives. Good people making bad choices and, and, and evil things happening in our world. But that tendency drags us into shame. Shame of not following God's way. Keeps on us guilt guilt for breaking God's moral way. And we are overpowered by an evil force that keeps us from being the person we were created to be. Jesus came to save us from all of this, providing for us a way to be connected to God so that we could live the life we were created to live. And Jesus' resurrection, Jesus raising from the dead, on that first Easter Sunday, verifies and validates Jesus' claim to be true. And we can trust in him, for Jesus lives. And all we have to do to enjoy this blessing and benefit that he offers is to take a step of faith and a continual walk of faith towards him. Now, sure, we can be like those few women who were there that first Easter morning that Steve talked about where they were struggling with the fear of the resurrection. Uh, We heard the story. Uh, Mark uh, in his gospel speaks of that. But I want you to look again at verse 8. It says, And they went out, those women went out of the tomb, fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Yes, I'm sure they talked amongst themselves. (laughs) But they were asked to go and tell the disciples. And it said at this point, they had not yet done that. So taken by, uh, with amazement and fear, they didn't yet go tell anyone. Because the veracity, the truth of Jesus' claims were now authenticated. Jesus had taught many times that he would be killed and yet rise again. And now, finally, they're realizing it's true. In other words, that all that Jesus taught is true. That he is Messiah, the one the Old Testament talks about. That he is the Lord, and his teachings are true. Every last one of them. Now sure, some say Jesus was never really raised. Just a hoax. Something people made up, the disciples made up, and yet the evidence is overwhelming. 
Lee Strobel, which some of you have heard about a movie that has just come out called The Case for Christ. Well, before the movie, he was an investigative reporter. And he had heard the claims that Jesus had raised from the dead and thought, oh, come on, really? How can this be true? No one has ever raised from the dead. And yet, you know, hundreds and millions and, and, and millions upon millions of Christians believe this. And yet he says, how can this be true? And so he set out to use his investigative reporting skills to disprove the resurrection and disprove Christianity. Well, as he began to dig into it, he realized that it is fact. Jesus did raise from the dead. There is more verifiable evidence in that than much of what we believe in our history books. And he changed his life. He came to faith in Jesus, and he wrote the book, The Case for Christ, thus the movie. And if you're searching, if you're wondering, we actually, in these white packets that the boys talked about earlier, inside there is a, is a little snippet from that book. It's a little booklet, uh, Case for Easter, that is, or Case for Resurrection, that Lee Strobel wrote that's taken out of that book. And if you're interested in seeking Jesus, if you don't know him and you're interested, then at the end of the service, you can, in the lobby area, there'll be some ushers. There's a white carnations. They're holding these. You can grab one of these and take one of those. Actually, some up here if you'd like one. But I encourage you to investigate Jesus because the resurrection, it did happen. 500 plus people saw Jesus alive. But there can be a fear, and a fear can settle in. Fear of growing in this faith, of letting Jesus really influence our lives. The fearful question comes up, what if I have to change? Because the truth is, following Christ does involve change. It involves us following and being like Jesus. But yet it's a way better life than you could ever imagine. It's that abundant life that he came to, to lead us to, to show us how to live. We saw just in the video just a few testimonies of how Jesus has changed a life. I could share my testimony. Many of you could share your testimony. How your life is way better now because of Jesus. Man, Jesus rescued me. But yet there's a fear. There's a fear of having Jesus as the highest authority of life. Fear of letting go of control, of, of listening to and following Jesus. Oh boy, we are control freaks. I mean, that person next to you is probably really one. But we are that way. We want to be in control, the, 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 the leaders of our own life. And yet, here's someone who has led an amazing life and, and taught us amazing and raised from the dead. And yet, there's an incredible freedom in Christ. See, without Christ, we're still shackled to that unfortunate reality of life that keeps pulling us downwards. The shame and the guilt and that power that overtakes us are real. And try as we might to try to be the person that we've been created to be, we just can't do it because we're locked down. And Jesus unleashes us and gives us freedom under his control. We're not sure why these women ran off in fear. Evidently, they told the disciples, and Peter and John ran to the tomb. And, and I want you to listen to what happened. And I'm going to read it out of my electronic Bible because I'm really good at doing this. <laughs> it's still the Word of God in electronic form. I don't care if it's printed on the side of a building or if it's, a, it's on paper. It's still all good. God's Word is God's Word, <laughs> regardless of where it's at. But in John chapter 20, 
the disciples are, are hearing this, the women come and they, and they both take off. Simon and John run towards the temple. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter came, following him, following John, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, now lying with the linen cloth folded up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, that's John, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and he believed. It all just clicked into place for John. All that Jesus had taught, that he was coming again and that, that, he, would, that he would rise again, it, it all came into to, to reality to him, and he believed. And the other disciples believed as well <clears throat> as they were in that upper room, even Thomas and countless others. Over 500 witnesses saw Jesus very much alive. But it's understandable there was a bit of fear. So I encourage you to investigate Jesus. Don't keep running away <coughs> or sticking your head in the sand and ignoring him. Maybe <coughs> you struggle with that. <laughs> Maybe you're even here under duress. <laughs> Some family member dragged you or so. <coughs> but, but you're here. So consider Jesus. Take that step of faith towards him. Pick up one of these packets. There's also a card inside your worship folder that has a, a couple of boxes to check that you want someone to follow up on you and put your contact information on there and we'd be happy to sit down with you over a cup of coffee or just chit-chat about faith, how we found faith and how you can find him too. But maybe it's time to take that step of faith. Boy, this Easter time would be awesome. And as we step towards Jesus in faith, we're challenged to embrace the power of Jesus' resurrection. The Apostle Paul, <coughs> who wrote the most really actually the most of the New Testament, wrote a letter to a church of people at all levels of faith. Some searching, some, oh, they, they kind of felt like this was right, but they weren't quite sure, and yet some that were just in, on fire for their faith. And he challenges them to be open to experience the power and faith in Jesus, the power of his resurrection. And he writes this in Ephesians Chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. He says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. In other words, having your eyes of your hearts uh, move to you to, to faith as you keep moving forward in faith. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? according to the work of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all rulers and authorities and dominions and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. You see, a step of faith embracing Jesus allows us to experience God's immeasurable power. You want power to live life? It's found in faith in Jesus. Not on our own, pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps and saying, oh, I'm going to do this on my own strength. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't happen that way. Many of you have tried, and it hasn't worked. But yet, faith in Christ 
accesses the door to the immeasurable power of God, a power to deal with life's issues, economic issues, relationship issues, family issues, work issues, emotional issues, shame issues, guilt issues, and those powerful, overwhelming issues that keep pushing us the wrong direction. <clears throat> it's the immeasurable, immeasurable power of hope that God has and does love us. And he does so much. He cares about each one of us individually. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows when you sit down and when you rise up and he knows your thoughts from afar, Psalm 139 says. And he loves you. He sings songs about you. It's the immeasurable power of a calling, a purpose we have. Uh, Dean said it in the, in the video that, that he, God gave him a purpose and he gives you a purpose. Not all the, you know, that you have to be some kind of monk or, 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 or uh, priest or whatever. It's, 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 you have purpose in life now, wherever God leads you. It's the immeasurable power of the inheritance of all of the promises of God. Those deeper needs like love and significance and peace and joy and so much more, all found in faith in the resurrected Jesus and all guaranteed because of the resurrection. See, there's power in belief. There's power in faith. All because Jesus rose from the dead and therefore the most powerful name in all the universe. It shakes when Jesus' name is mentioned. For Jesus is the name above all names. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, the all-sufficient Savior, the inexhaustible provider, and proficient protector. He's immortal. He's invincible. He's immovable. He's the architect of the universe. He's the builder of life and the craftsman of every detail and feature of our being. He is life. He is love. He is longevity. And Jesus, the Christ, is Lord of it all. He is goodness. He's kindness. He's gentleness. He's holy. He's righteous. He's mighty. He's powerful. And he's pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is good. And he's my redeemer. He's my savior. He's my guide. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my comfort. He's my Lord. And he's the object of my faith. The question is, this Easter, is he yours? If so, then have faith over fear. Take that next step of faith. Pick up a packet. Check that box on the card. Pick up a Bible and read about Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those gospels tell of his story. Attend church a bit more. Serve in some way. And it will make a difference in your life. Jesus is very much alive. He lives. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for that reality. That Jesus, you are very much alive. We don't serve a figment of our imagination. We don't serve a, a Savior that has been put to death. 
or has died of natural causes. We serve a risen Savior who's in the world today. And he walks, and he talks, and he guides us along the way. Jesus, thank you for the, the way that you've invaded my life. And you are trusted. You've never led me wrong. Help us to have that faith in you that, that moves us forward in life. For we ask this, Jesus, in your name.